So what you do is every day, and you could take your calendar for this, you mark down a little box and, and you have a W and an L, which stands for win, loss. So then you check that off. So at the end of the day, you're like, okay, did I go to the gym today? Oh, shoot, no. Uh, you know what? Um, what about uh, did I work and enjoyed what I did today? Yeah, I thought I was pretty productive. Okay, what about eating? Ah, I didn't have a good breakfast. Um, the lunch was okay. So then you at night, you take that moment. So let's say you didn't go to the gym. It's like, look, I'm here right now, present, right here in this moment. I'm going to start doing some push-ups. I'm going to feel better about myself. So that loss, there would have been that loss. You change it to a W because it's going to be a win. Welcome to the It's Not That Deep podcast. I'm your host, Deepak Sharma. And this week, I sit down with Tony Greco one of the founders of Greco Fitness Studios, a boutique gym uh, with circuit-style fitness classes. Greco has over 16 locations in the Ottawa and Toronto area and is expanding across North America like a wildfire. Tony's also a celebrity personal trainer and he trains the likes of Claude Giroux of the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, Mike Fisher of the Nashville Predators, as well as Mike's wife, Carrie Underwood. On top of this, Tony's also an Iaska kickboxing gold medalist, a motivational speaker, radio host, life coach, author, and so much more. Like Tony's just a incredible guy he's been doing a lot of stuff in the community as well we had an awesome chat about the role of failure and success the process of starting managing franchising and eventually selling a uh, successful gym applying methods that he uses with peak performing athletes with non-athletes as well and uh, we also touch on mindfulness nutrition and so much more this episode is jam-packed with amazing content guys i love making content like this for you guys and i'm sure you love listening uh, so why don't you show me some love by subscribing on all my platforms youtube Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, sharing it on your social media helps as well. Uh, leave me a comment, a rating, a review, or even put your money where your mouth is and contribute to my Patreon page. Every little bit helps. I appreciate all your support, and uh, I really want you to enjoy this episode. Remember, it's not that deep. Thank you. Let's do it. Tony, welcome to the It's Not That Deep podcast, man. Yeah, nice nice to be here. Really nice to have you on, man. You're a, you're a super interesting guy. <laughs> uh, you know, you're known in, across Canada and, and North America and, you know, maybe the world as well as one of the uh, leading fitness icons. And But you're so much more than that. You're a motivational speaker, celebrity trainer. You've trained people like Mike Fisher um, and his wife, Carrie Underwood. You're a radio host, uh, a life coach author of a, a book that you have out and uh, founder of Greco Fitness. So I, I'm sure we could sit here and talk about your accolades all day. <laughs> uh, but I actually want to first uh, start and get to know your background a little bit. Let's take it back to when you were a child. You're of Italian descent. Uh, you know, let's talk about that a little bit. And, you know, how did you really get into fitness to begin with? <laughs> wow, that's a, that's a good question. Well, I'm yeah, actually, I'm, I'm Italian. I came into Canada in uh 1976. So, so I didn't, I didn't have any idea on how to speak the language. Still having difficult speaking the language. But, <laughs> Sound uh, pretty good to me, man. <laughs> but you know, I was, um, I was, yeah, I grew up with a uh, poor family. I mean, we had a farm in Italy, and uh, 
my mom and dad would sell the odd animal on a weekend, kind of go down in the main part of the city because we were like right in southern Italy. Right. And that's kind of how we made our money. So when we came to Canada in 1976, you know, we had uh, $500 in a suitcase. And my Jeez. mother's brother uh, brought brought us here, said, hey, look, you know, come to Ottawa. It's developing. It's a place where you can raise a family. So sure enough, you know, we migrated here. Uh, we rented a house on uh, McLeod Street, which okay, is in, no way. In, in Centertown, Ottawa. Yeah. And then, um, you know, went to school. They, they put me in school like kind of halfway through the year. So it was very tough for me to actually learn the language. But um, yeah, so that's, that's basically what happened. And then, um, you know, I knew that obviously, you know, being brought up in, in, a, in a family where it's like we have to do things and kind of having your back against the wall. So for me, it was like, listen, you know what? it's it's time to get up and, and do something that's going to be good for you. And, uh, you know, my passion was was actually football. I started playing football. Oh, no way. Yeah. What and position did you play? I was running back. Oh, no yeah. way. Yeah, so I, I remember awesome. my buddy when I first came here, was like, you know, you got to come try out. And I'm like, I don't even know what, what this game's all about. I was like, don't worry. You just got to run fast. And um, we got the equipment the first night. Uh, and, you know, it was pretty exciting. So I started playing football. I loved the game because I was like six years old when I started went through all the way through high school and, you know, uh, played, you know, partial uh, in uh, university. And I had really good, really good years, like in high school. I went to Glebe Collegiate. Okay, there you and, go. Yeah, and then I played in the East. I remember uh, playing against them in high school and stuff. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah I played football a lot as well. So that's super awesome to yeah. hear that. It's very relatable. Yeah, and I loved it. And then it's like, you know, I um, I didn't start. It was the first year I actually didn't start when I left at Glebe. So I took a year off, and then uh, my business partner, Paulo, um, you know, we decided to get into martial arts. Okay. So that's kind of how everything kind of evolved. They started in the martial arts, and then we kind of started the fitness, um, you know, locations and started the fitness field later on. And, and you might be a little too humble to admit it, but, I mean, you didn't just dabble in martial arts. You won a, a kickboxing <laughs> championship at yeah. one point. The year I was born in 95. Really? Right? Wow. Ta talk to us about that a little bit. And, uh, you know, how did you get that far and deep into kickboxing? How did it just become a passion? Yeah, well, you know, um, when, I, when I actually uh, stopped playing football, I really took the martial arts seriously. Like, I took that as a... Um, kind of like a, a balance to increase my flexibility and obviously, you know, strengthen my mind and create a really, really good form of discipline. So I, I really credit a lot of stuff I did in the martial arts. The main thing I credit, uh, and you're right, you know, winning a gold medal isn't easy. So what we did is we trained two and a half years straight every single day, sometimes even on Sundays. Jeez. And um, I remember the fight like it was yesterday. It was 23 opponents we had to beat. It was uh, IASCA Federation, which is uh, International Sports Karate Amateur Association. And uh, you had to win. So I remember the fight was 23 minutes long. It was against a guy from Austria. And uh, I got like uh, kicked in the face, bleeding nose. And then we were like, I think maybe 18 minutes into the fight. Jeez. And then um, I remember my corner coach, uh, you know, just kind of waking me up. I'm like, I, I can't, I can't lose this fight. I know I trained harder than this guy. Yeah. And it taught me you know, to not give up. Like that and, mental force. I can't, it, like people that have won a title, a gold medal can relate to it. But I always tell people, you know, everybody's got a plan until, well, Mike Tyson always says, like, you know, everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face. Well, yeah. I got kicked in the face. Yeah. But, you <laughs> know, it, it's, yeah. And it's like, it, it's about getting yeah. back up because that's, 
the only time when you quit. And people were telling me, they're like, you know, you should stop now and all this kind of stuff. Because prior to that, like I actually took a, a shot to the jaw. Okay. I had my jaw wired for a month. Jeez. And they were like, you got to stop. And, you know, because I was competing every month on a national tournament. That's how you got your ratings. So I'd be traveling all throughout the States. And uh, I only started really winning you know, when, when I got my black belt, like I, I lost so many times. Jeez. And the reason why I mention this, cause people that are listening, I want to encourage them that, you know, you only, uh, pretty much like lose when you quit. Yeah. I had my first white ball fight. I remember it was in Gatineau lasted 30 seconds. I'm like, cause it was points. So I'm like, I go into this tournament and it's like, boom, boom, boom. And I, it's like, it was over. I'm like, what do you mean? Well, the guy won. It was like three to zip. I'm like, that's it. It's like, it was like the fight was over. So, I mean, and then, you know, you start learning the ropes, you start getting better and better, but I got seated fourth in North America as a black belt. And that's when I went to the worlds and competed uh, for team Canada and won a gold medal. So, I mean, there's a long journey, yeah. but one thing I could encourage people is that you never quit. You know, the you failure just, was part of the process. The failure was part of the process. Yeah. And it's, it's tough to teach to people because a lot of people are afraid to fail. Yeah, and and that's and we're almost taught, you know, growing up from our parents and you know teachers and and whatnot. The failure is a bad thing. Try not to fail. You better do good on that test. Blah blah blah. Totally. But in real life, you realize that failure can also be you know open up another door for you. Totally, totally yeah. agree. And it, and you, you know it's it, it's it's great that you mentioned that because I tell people fear nothing. Look at it as a lesson. But you're right because during the upbringing of our childhood. That's exactly what we're taught. Yeah. Or we're also taught that we have to do things for other people. You know, we often look at uh, coaches like football coaches, uh, you know, our parents as mentors. And it's like, you know, they tell us to not do this and do that. You should do this. You should do that. So we get these messages in our mind where we're trying to please others as opposed to pleasing us. Yeah. And the minute you realize that, look, this is about you, whatever it is that you want to do in life, and you could erase that blackboard in your mind you're going to be so much further ahead of the game because you're going to be doing it for you. That's powerful. And that's a big mindset shift that I think a lot a lot more people are realizing now, but it's still not prevalent. It's still not taught. It's still not encouraged that failure is a good thing. And, you know, it's okay to be knocked down because, you know, if you had just taken that and been like, ah, not for me, going to do something else, you wouldn't have gone on to do what you've done. And, you know, you might not be sitting here today with everything that you've accomplished. You probably would have done some other things, like knowing how you're wired. But it's it's that failure, it's that mindset. That's really powerful. I like that a lot. So my next question for you is kind of, how do you go from that to then training hockey players? Like, <laughs> it just seems like, you know, the completely different sports, yeah. completely different, you know, football, the martial arts. To, how, how does that happen? And, and where's that jump? Well, I mean, you know, I always say there's a good chapter in my book. It's called uh, Winning is in Everything, Wanting to Win is. Because I think as an athlete, you're, you're part of a team. But there's only certain players or uh, people that, you know, for instance, and it's, it's just the way the, na- the nature of the game is, is like, uh, you know, we'll be the top guys. So one of my specialties that I wanted to bring other people is to share the progress with others. And with the experiences that I've had throughout the martial arts, winning a gold medal, I thought that was amazing. So people are like, I said, fitness should be for everyone, not for just the elite, because it's what you're, it's, it's the energy, it's the persevering, it's the 
uh, fear of failure. It's the courage, everything that goes along into this whole mixing funnel that uplifts everybody. Yeah. And and one of the things that I wanted to do is work with hockey players being a national sport here in Canada, because one of the the missing links to, I think, you know, to everybody that's trying to uplift people is to really try to get into the mind of that person. Mm. So I always say, you know, if, if your level of certainty on, let's say, trying to be the best football player or trying to make the NFL is a four, and I really believe in you and mine is a nine, and I could bring you up to a seven or an eight, well, chances are you're like, wow, you know, I feel it now, and you're going to come and train with me believing that you can fulfill that dream. So one of the things I do, especially with a lot of the young uh, hockey players, is really get into that mindset. And I want to do that because I think everything stems from the mind. That's another reason why I wrote the book, Strong Mind, Lean Body. Like, well, you're a fitness guy. Why would you write a book like that? Because I'm not going to write another fitness book that shows lunges and squats and and you know bicep curls that's not what it's all about Mm -hmm. it's about what your mind does and translates with the energy that you're getting for instance from the weights or any form of exercise i like that a lot i like that a lot what you said with the energy of the weights and stuff because people like to separate the mind and the body as if it's not one thing and it's it's very powerful to I, I hate using the word synergy, but, you know, the synergy there, it's it's very important to kind of tap into that. So what are some practical things you kind of do? You Let's say you got a hockey player in front of you. It's a kid who, you know, has got all the talent in the world, but, you know, up here he just doesn't believe in himself. What do you do to kind of, you know, sit down with him and kind of figure out, what, hey, what's your why? Tell me, like, why do you really want to do this? Yeah. Well, the first thing is, uh, you know, we uplift the spirits. We make them believe. So let's say we're training them in the exercise. You know, because we're training, we want to make sure we get the best out of them. So, for instance, let's say he can do a 30-second sprint. Well, yeah. we're not going to make him do a minute sprint because he's going to feel like he's failed. So what we do is... We have positive reinforcement. Okay. You know, we we measure the weights that he could technically, he or she lift with a great velocity. So they feel like, oh, wow, I can do this. Yeah. So for instance, i give you an example. So let's say you were doing a squat. Well, if I measured what you could do, uh, let's say, uh, you know, for uh, 80% of your one rep max, well, then what I would do is rather make you do 10 reps or 12, um, I would make you do five, but I would make you do them fast. So you feel like, wow. This is great. I'm winning the race. Okay. Because in your mind, you got to always understand that, you know, you've won, you did the best you can. And slowly but surely, I mean, some people uh, with the A personality get it a lot quicker and some people it takes a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. But that's where, you know, a trainer has to bring that best out of that person. Right, You know, right. because I always say, if you can turn, like I remember in the martial arts days, I used to turn a C student into a B and a B into an A. An A student would be that one that was eager, showing up first, line up in front of the class. Yeah. And same thing with fitness. You know, they'll grab their weights. They kind of know what to do. Whereas that C guy's kind of like not sure, is uncertain. So it's always that positive reinforcement. I like that. Um, you know, making sure that, you know, you're helping them out and encouraging them. Always reinforce. See that? You did it. You did it. You could do it. You could yeah. do it. You got it, right? You got high five. Give them that energy. Then they start to believe it. And then once... Yeah they start to believe it. It's kind of like unleashing that that animal that's inside them because I think everybody's got a little animal in them. Yeah. It's just really unleashing and find out what is that animal, you know, and then making the best out of it. I like that a lot because, you know, a lot of what we're kind of given in the in the fitness space is negativity. Even if it's not branded that way, it's 
you know, instead of saying, yes, you can do like, you know, this, this much more or this, it's like, you know, you have to do 10, you, you must do this, like, come on, you're better than that, blah, 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 it's like, just framing it in a more positive way, I, I think that's powerful. And, it, it's, it's so powerful, yeah. like, I mean, it, words are powerful, I they mean, are. we know that, yep. you know, like, you know, look at the famous words, Sir, uh, Sir Winston Churchill, never, never give up, like, these words are, will be around forever, and I think, you know, your mind and, you know, like, like I always say, you know, your, your tongue doesn't have any bones. So be careful when you say something because it really hits people deep in the heart. Yeah. Uh, you know, so words are very, very powerful. And as, as a trainer, a, a mentor, an entrepreneur, you always want to uplift. That's all. I mean, if it's, if it's nothing positive coming out of you, then you know what? You shouldn't really say anything because why bother? Right. And people that are listening shouldn't even acknowledge that. And that comes uh, down a lot to things that we actually have in our own control, which is our attitude, how we interface with people that we meet every day. You meet a lot of people, and you know this is not to talk down on anybody, but people who are just constantly complaining and nagging, and their energy sucks. You enter a room with these people, and they bring you down to their level, complaining about things such as the weather, right. things that are out of our control, whereas... You know, somebody who's positive will be like, yeah, it's raining, but I got a raincoat. Exactly. So let's go do whatever the fuck we were going to do anyways, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> that's how I feel about it's it. It's so but, true, you, you know? know? I, I don't know. Like, that's how I've kind of been trying to rewire myself as well because we all have moments of negativity and whatnot. I'm not saying I'm walking around perfectly positive all the time, but it's the attitude. It is the attitude. Yeah. And, and, you know, I tell a lot of people like that, I say, look, I mean, your brain, if, you, if you're the kind of person that would agree that what you're thinking, you're feeling, because you generate your thoughts with your feeling, right? You would say that? Yeah. So the thing is, is if you agree with that, and if you look at the whole physiology and understand that we have 60 to 70,000 thoughts that go through our brain on a regular basis. The ironic thing is that 90% of those thoughts are the exact same thoughts. So if... You wake up in the morning and, and you know, you always grab your same cup of coffee and, you know, you always kind of turn on the same side of your bed, your right side and get up. Well, then you're associating that thought with a choice because you're choosing. It's like, oh, here's the same cup. Again, you're always going to that same cup. You're associating that with yeah. a behavior that it's going to lead you after you have that coffee. Then you're associating that with an emotion. Oh, that coffee was good. Oh, that coffee was great. That coffee was so-so. Then you're associating it you know, with an experience. Oh, I'm not going to have that again. Oh, maybe I'll have the other one. Yeah. So this is what goes on through people's mind on a regular basis. Yeah. So I always tell people, if you change your thoughts, you change your life. Try like what you just said. Oh gosh, crappy day, it's raining again. What about, oh, great day. You know, it's great day to maybe listen to some chill music. I'm going to do some reading. You just change your thought patterns. Yeah. And, and the more I think people can do that, it becomes a habit. So what happens is when it comes a, becomes a habit, you deflect it right away to the point where you have all the naysayers or the blood suckers that you either, you know, leave the room and say, wait, I got to get a drink of water because you don't want to hear the bullshit. Mm -hmm. Or you just, you know, say, well, look at it this way and try to try to kind of uplift them a little bit without being ignorant um, or, or just kind of like, you know, really directing to their feelings because yeah. sometimes you even lose friends or close people that you admire. Absolutely. And it's like, like, look, you know what? You're you're choosing to to make your life the way it is. It's not like we're doing it. Yeah. You're choosing. If you want a happy life, you make it a happy life. If you want an unhappy life, well, you make it an unhappy life. Like, it's your choice. It is your choice. That is, I mean, I couldn't put it in better words myself. I love that. Um, so 
you you know you're training with these hockey players you're you've you've already done the martial arts thing and now you decide that you want to open the greco boutique fitness right. let's talk about that story a little bit yeah how did it come how did it come about did one day you just wake up and say you know what <laughs> i want to make this a thing, thing yeah well i did i did really well with my martial arts studio i mean on a financial reward it was very rewarding i was living at home uh, me and my business partner we did we made a lot of money and i always say money's the results of the business and really i have to kind of you know put our pat ourselves on the back because we ran a really good martial arts studio and we provided the value when i transitioned into fitness it was interesting and talk about taking a risk because at the time i had like uh uh two locations in barhaven that was my first location in west end of ottawa i had a martial arts studio then i had a, a kickboxing studio so what happened was the kickboxing was kind of starting to overtake because it was a lot of you know more mature older women that were right into it trying to get the cardio trying to aspect. get the cardio aspect then what happened was and this this you're going to find interesting so then what happened was i started to get really deep into the fitness because i i wanted to become an olympic trainer right. so i remember asking around i said look what, what do i have to do to to get my certifications like i was running a business so i hired this guy ed mcneely who used to be a professor at ottawa you taught kinesiology and he now does a lot of programs for peak performance uh had an association called sports performance institute okay really bright guy so they said you know you got to go through sports performance institute they're the only ones that give these certifications to train with these olympic athletes sure enough I hired the guy for like six months. We did all the theory, all the practical. It was very neat because I was the guinea pig. So I really learned how to transition the practical stuff with a client. So yeah. it was a bonus. It wasn't cheap, but it was worth every penny. And 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 that's another, you know, pointer that I can stress out and uh, dish out to people is that, you know what? Always focus on the value. Don't worry about the money. The ROI. Uh, yeah, the yeah. ROI. So then what happened was, I said to my business partner, we're going to get, we're going to change cardio kickboxing. We're going to do this fitness stuff. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, we're going to start. We're going to do this circuit style training. I'm going, I'm talking 22 years now. Wow. And, and, and it's like, people didn't like it at all. I lost 250 women and Jeez. they went, they went to, I remember they went to hundred percent martial arts and oh the owner there was calm. He's like, Hey, thank you for this business, man. I, I was like, yeah, you know, whatever. I, I mean, no problem. I'd rather them learn martial arts somewhere else because we wanted to do these fitness circuits. So sure enough, we had four people in the class. I remember after, um, two months we had, uh, almost like 50 students. Oh and then we started like four stations and six stations and eight stations. Then it just started to grow and grow and grow and grow where we actually like you know, overpopulated that little area in Barhaven. Yeah. So uh, one of my uh, personal training clients, he owns some land in Manatee. Okay. And he's like, uh, listen, you know what? I got a great spot if you guys want to open up. And I mean, you're, if you look at Manatee 22 years ago, there was like a farm and a few horses and, you <laughs> know, there wasn't much on. there, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of risky. But again, I, I believed in what was going to happen because people wanted you know, this is something that people want because people want to live longer. So sure enough, opened up that location. We were doing $75,000 in like uh, six months of being in business. Oh, and then it gets, it gets better. So my business partner um, has a client and he said to me, you're not going to believe this. He's like, this guy wants to buy the location. I'm like, what do you mean? What are we going to do? We just, we just started this location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, no, this guy's serious. Two weeks later, 
he brings his wife and his wife's like, okay, tell me all about this. I'm like, well, this is a boutique studio. We have a cool espresso bar. We transform bodies. We uplift spirits. We strengthen minds. That's our mantra. And I was like, this is what we do. And we teach fitness. So she looks at him and she's like, this is done in our office now. <laughs> Picture this. We yeah. were like maybe 23. So um, they're like, uh, she's like, well, honey, I guess you got your birthday wish. Signs a $350,000 check on the spot. So, so then that's incredible. It's crazy. Yeah. So then we get to the, we have to make it official and go to the lawyer's office. And yeah, yeah. this guy brings a cameraman. It was like it was, his name is Sean James. He still owns the location today. Oh no way! Yeah. That's so incredible. it's crazy. What so then, story. so then, what we did is we went to Canada and opened up because all our clients were like, "You got to get to Canada. You know, it's a rich uh, area. All the hockey players' wives are there. You guys are gonna love it." Blah 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 blah. <laughs> sure enough, we went there. We found the location. We opened up on Schneider Road. Okay. And we were doing like, I remember the first year, we were doing like 110000 a month oh, wow. gross. Wow. And um, my business partner was like, holy shit, this is great. There's really gonna, something here. There's definitely, and then he went to open up his own. Okay. Because he, you know, the, the partnership was like, uh, uh, you know, it wasn't 50-50. We had a different split. So anyways, he opened the one on uh, Preston Street, Beach Street. Right. Then he sold that. And then, what happened was that's when we started to franchise. So, you know, overnight, like in the, I, like two and a half years, we had 15 locations in Ottawa. Wow. It was crazy. Wow. And we, we sold. And how many are there now? Now there's 11 here. Yeah. Because what happened was once we got to 15 and we opened up one in Toronto. Yep. I want to talk uh, about that one as yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, and then my lawyer says, um, you know, there's this company out of New York that wants to buy your brand. We're like, yeah, whatever kind of thing, right? Like, no, no, they deal with high-end boutiques. Uh, you know, they're really keen. They, 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 they love it. They see that you guys are growing. They look at the industry where it's, where it's going. And remember, like, circuit training, like, I mean, I, I, I'm going to tell the truth. We actually were the first ones to start it because I remember at the time, like 22 years ago, people thought I was crazy doing circuits. And now everybody's doing circuits, right? Right. Well, you were ahead of the curve there because at the time, everyone was probably just focused on either – a lot of cardio or a lot of resistance training. Yeah. Greco kind of combined both. And for me, I mean, I personally even benefited from it. I was a member at Greco for two years. So, wow. Uh, the one in Orleans, the okay. location over there. So yeah. That's how I kind of got familiar with the brand beforehand. So I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you about this because to me... Uh, everything you mentioned from the espresso bar to the, <laughs> the the greeting from the really friendly staff and then you got these trainers and you got these um, eight stations or whatever, what have you, for each class, it's always different. So that's something I want to talk to you uh, about as well. So it's not like you're signing up for this circuit training and it's the same circuit every day and you get tired of it and you leave. It's different every day and these trainers develop a... a a different plan and demo it and yeah. and display it for all these people who you know you don't have to be an athlete like what you said it can be any person could come in and you could transform your body so i'm i'm a huge fan of it uh, m myself uh, personally i think it's a really interesting concept with the circuit training but so how did you how did you when you went to the franchise model how did you ensure that everyone was following your philosophy your uh, you know your brand, your Greco method, right? What have you? Well, they 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 believed in it. They believed in it because what was happening is people were getting results. Everything is results based. I mean, the Greco method 
was created because most people want to come in and lose fat and get stronger and, you know, move better. So we're like, okay, well, what's the formula? Let's, let's make them understand what body fat is. Cause people are like, I gotta lose 30 pounds. Like, wait a minute. Maybe it's not 30 pounds. Maybe it's 3% of body fat. So what do we do? Well, we get everybody now on this evil machine. I tried that. And, yeah. And, you know, it's a, it's a, a bioscan. It's badass. It tells you everything. everything. Like, literally, like, the circumference of your calf. Exactly. The fat on your bicep, <laughs> yeah. on your waist girth. Like, literally, like, it tells you everything. Yeah. yeah and that's, see, and now th- that's yeah. why, you know, especially for women, because I think they're a little bit hard on their body more than men anyways. So they're like, now it's like, oh, wow, actually, you know what? I'm not in that bad of shape or I'm really in bad shape. You know, they, it has your biological age. So if you're like 30, but you're really in a body of, you know, 15 or 16, it's like, wow. Um, so it makes, it's the first step of people understanding that it really truly is about body fat. Then what we do is we have certain classes, like we have our strength classes, which are very rep base that give you a lot of power i was a huge fan of those those are cool yeah and Me then, being a bigger dude and football background i'm yep. like you know what i don't like all these crazy bonuses in between <laughs> rounds and just 10 extra burpees exactly. and killing myself with all this cardio yeah i get it benefits me but i just want to lift some weight yeah you know and that's what, and, great and strength yeah. is great so especially yeah. women it was hard to kind of let them realize it's like oh listen you're not going to get big with the strength you're actually going to build some dense muscle which is going to burn fat Mm -hmm. so now with the power of the internet and power of these podcasts that we educate people yeah what happens is these women are like this is really cool now everybody it's kind of a cool thing to look strong which i admire uh, because it's real then we had the the hit classes which provide the high intense interval training those are great Uh, yeah so we basically designed a game plan for our clients which gave them ultimate results and then what happens is because it gives them ultimate results they're going out there and they're sharing this process like i did this program nothing worked like greco because of this this and that so it's um i always think is that whatever it is that you do you have to put together a formula that works yeah you know uh, and if it works and there's a value tied into that yeah it's it's a no-brainer. You know, you're going to win at whatever it is that you're doing. That's an important business lesson there as well for anybody listening who's who's just, you know, interested in the world of business as well. What you did is like you 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 started with martial arts and, you know, that worked really well and you used that, but then you thought about the customer. At the end of the day, it's about the customer. The, totally. The client giving them value. It You know, it reminds me of the story of uh, of, of Netflix and how, you know, uh, they started off uh, just shipping DVDs, I think, to places. And then next thing you know, they take over uh, Blockbuster. Yeah. Like, they listened to the customer. They knew what the customer wanted before they even knew they wanted it. Totally. So that's why I think Greco's a great business. And well, thank it's you. It's expanding now to Toronto and the greater Toronto. You have four locations. We have four in- locations in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, we're looking at other locations, even, uh, you know, in PI. So, uh, okay. And then we're going to... We're going to eventually hit to the bigger markets in the States, like New York, Los Angeles, uh, Nashville, the A markets. Nice. So it's really exciting to see the brand grow because yeah. I remember 22 years ago, uh, you know, being involved in, in actually the growth of it. And I said, you know what, one day we're going to have, you know, so many locations. And it's, it's funny because people are like, oh, well, it's easy for him to say that now. But like... I truly visualize this because I'm really big on vision. And, and then if I could share something with people is that whatever you're, you see and you have a clear vision of what you want to do, 
you know, write it down, see it every day, put actions towards that. And, you know, is, are there going to be detours? Yes. Are there going to be ups and downs? Yes. Are you going to get your ass kicked? Yes. You need to get back up and keep going. It's there for you. The, like it's, it's designed, this whole universe is designed for you not to fail and for you to persevere and chase your dreams, whatever it is that you're trying to chase. I'm a big believer in that, you know, visualization and, and having, you know, visions and creating smart goals and actually following through with them. I, a previous guest of mine on the podcast even said something powerful is like, be 1% better every day. And that ties into that, you know, every day make one kind of positive choice and change and that, you know, flows into what you're talking about with the habits as yeah. well. You know, instead of, you know, rolling over to your uh, side of your bed and just being grumpy, groggy, going into work, maybe you get up a couple hours early and you go go to a 6 a.m. class yeah. at Greco or something. Well, you may, you maybe not even Greco. You could go out and just go for a run or do something positive. Totally, totally. It, well, doable. you know what? It, it, this is, this yeah. is the simplest thing. This is the, the method that I share because, you know, training with athletes, it's always about winning and losing, right? So I, I go, look, you know what? If it's one thing, like 1%, that's great. If it's two, if it's three, you know yourself on how much you could focus on on a regular basis. Let's say it's three things. Let's say it's your health. Let's say it's, you know, going, going to work and making good money. And let's say it's changing your eating habits. Okay, that's pretty easy. I think everybody can count to three, right? So what you do is every day, and you could take your calendar for this, you mark down a little box and, and you have a W and an L, which stands for win, loss. So then you check that off. So at the end of the day, you're like, okay, did I go to the gym today? Oh, shoot, no. Uh, you know what? Um, what about uh, did I work and enjoyed what I did today? Yeah, I thought I was pretty productive. Okay, what about eating? Ah, I didn't have a good breakfast. Um, the lunch was okay. So then you, at night, you take that moment. So let's say you didn't go to the gym. It's like, look, I'm here right now, present, right here in this moment. I'm going to start doing some push-ups. I'm going to feel better about myself. So that loss, there would have been that loss. You change it to a W because it's going to be a win. That's well, at the, at the end of the month, you huddle up. Like a, like a pro team in the NFL. Yeah. Okay, guys, uh, you know what? We're, we're, we haven't won that many games. We've got we to gotta change our formula. So you do that as an individual person every day. You're now focused. You're planning. Your mind is in tune to winning all the time. So it doesn't accept loss because you're, you're putting these habits, this miracle growth. Yes, it. you're programming yeah. it. Yeah. So that way it's like you're, you're, you're not accepting losing. And you're going to do whatever it takes to win. And you'll see that this is the kind of changes you need to do to stay positive and persevere and continue to grow. I couldn't agree more. Uh, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about uh, Greco from a marketing uh, perspective. One of my good buddies, shout out to Hayden at Cash and Marketing. Great guy. Um, yeah, yeah. You work with him as well on the marketing side. Talk about how you came about, how, how you met with him and, yeah. and, and this relationship. Well, I, I love marketing because I think, you know, everything you do is selling, even though you don't realize it. Like when we came in, you're like, hey, you guys want a, a cup of coffee? I'm just brewing it right there. It's like that to me is selling. It's like you're telling me your coffee is pretty good and let's try it. Um, so what happened was when I sold my business, I marketed a lot to get to the level that I got to. And I believe that you should always put money into marketing yourself or your business. What I didn't understand is the back end stuff. And what happened was I, I went out there and I searched, you know, Hayden, who just does a lot of the back end stuff, which search engine optimization and just really the Facebook uh, ads. All, like, and yeah, and that, yeah, that to me, I, I don't know how to do. But what I do know how to do is take a small business and grow it 
and turn it to like a $10,000 venture loan into a $10 million sale. Right. You know, because I've been through it. I've been through the multiples. I've been through like the acquisitions. I've been, I've been through like what you need to do. And one thing you need to do is obviously is establish a brand. Mm -hmm. So now it's amazing because we've taken some small businesses. Like we deal with, you know, one that I don't really want to mention on the air, but it's like, well, tell me your purpose. Give me your elevator pitch. What are you, why am I coming to see you? And they're like, well, cause you know, we have good food. And I'm like, no, no, everybody says that. Tell me what you, why? Tell me, tell me why I'm coming. Well, uh, you know, I get my food from, I'm like, oh, it's getting better. So the thing is not, not everybody understands the purpose, why they are in business. And the differentiate. And the differentiate. Like people yeah. always look at business. Oh, why'd you get into business? I want to make money. No, money's a result. That's not why you, sh- you shouldn't think that's why you got into business. Money's a result. If I got into business uh, for money at the time, I would have probably been bankrupt because I did a lot of stuff without money. But I had a passion. I had a dream. I knew the product was working. I knew that people would come if you provided a value because that's what they needed. So if you have a passion and there's a value there and people see it, money will come automatically. But if you think of the money first, you're going to drown. Right. And and that's that's just me. That's my prerogative because I've experienced people are like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, look, I I did it. So this is my my experience and my story to you. Now, you might have a different story. But I could tell you that by asking a lot of entrepreneurs that have failed, got back up, failed back up, a lot of them did it because they focused on the value. Mm-hmm. They, they just believed in so much on what they were trying to do right. that people sensed that and you know saw the value and bought into it. So going back to, to Hayden is that you know once we paint the picture, it's easy for him to say, okay, why does this person want to be this? Because they want to do this, this, and that. Great. Now, how are we going to pitch it? Well, I do this and I do that. Okay, what is it that you do? Oh, you just happen to be a guy that does this. So let's position it on why, and then we'll go forward. Love that. How do you train people You know, who are in entrepreneurs themselves, uh, business owners or what have you, how do you train them to think in terms of value instead of thinking in terms of, well, price or money of things? Well, I, I, I do this simple drill when I ask them, I say, because I do a lot of motivational speaking. And one of the things I, I talk about is, you know, who are you and what is it that you want? You know, because most people don't know what they want. Yeah. It's like, well, I want, I want to retire and, and, you know, have a lot of money. Okay. How much money? Uh, well, you just told me you want to retire. Is yeah. it a million? Is it two million? Is it 500,000? What is it? Because yeah. what makes you happy doesn't necessarily make me happy or somebody else happy. So find that number, put a realistic time on it, depending on your age, because you can't buy time no matter how much money you have. And then we can show you the direction to get there. So let's say it's that. What about your health? You know, on a scale of one to 10, is a, a one being the worst, 10 being the best? What is it? Is it a five? What about if it was a seven? Well, how would how would that change your life now? Yeah. Would it make you you know your goal get there get your goal a little bit faster? What about your relationship? Are you in one? Is it rocky? Is it shaky? Is yeah. it okay? You know, so you do these little you know mind drills in your yeah, mind, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like look if you're a one, let's say you're involved in a relationship, and a ten being the best, one's being the worst. Let's say it's a four. Well, if you make that a seven how is that going to change? Yeah. Well, you're going to be in and a better... And what would it take to get there? And what would it take to get there? So yeah. you just keep continuing to do that and things start to change because you you know success breeds success and you start to gain this momentum where you're on a high, you have more energy and you make better choices. 
you feel better, and that, that creates energy around the people around you as well. Okay, this is fantastic. I mean, I think people are going to gain a ton of value from that. <laughs> and I, that's why you're such a good motivational speaker <laughs> and whatnot. I want to actually talk about motivation for a second because it's something that I play with in my own head in terms of how important it is act to actually get things done. To me, I'm the type of person, as most people are, you see a pump-up video, you see, uh, when I played football, I'd watch big hits before a game or something, and I'd watch that, and yeah, i get this little yeah. temporary, uh, you know, pump-up, I'm ready yeah. to go. Yeah. That fades away pretty quickly. When you get out on the football field, it's snowing sideways, raining, you know, your leg hurts, all, all this negativity. Now the motivation's gone. Now it's discipline and, and just, you know, internal drive that's actually uh, keeping me going. What's, what do you think is the role of motivation and how long can that, you know, sustain your candle, like, you know, going through your fitness journey? Because, I mean, Greco's big on motivation. I yep. get it. But there are times when, you know, all the motivation in the world is yeah. not going to bring me to the gym, you yeah. know? And you know what? I, it, it comes down to one thing, you know, and that's how bad do you really, really, really want it? You know, motivation, I, and it's funny you mention that because you go, I go to these like Anthony Robbins uh, seminars and you're right everybody's wired up adrenaline's going for a week and then fades because of two things one they're not your goals they're not realistic and two you're not working your friggin butt off every day mm. uh putting actions to those thoughts right so motivation it comes down to seeing believing like having a clear vision of what you really 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 want these are my three biggest things in order number one is seeing this vision. It's like, whatever it is you're trying to get or be, I see it every single day. I dream it. I sleep it. I, I breathe it. I, it's, I do it out every day. Number two is that I want to manage my state, meaning that if I'm having a crappy day, I got to change it to a good day. People are like, well, how do you do that? Well, it takes practice. It's, you, you have meditation involved in that. Yeah. So you're, again, you erase that chalkboard that's in your mind that you're holding on to that negative thought and you know you call someone that's going to be positive attitude. I mean, we could go on and on and, and give the whole list of what you can and cannot do. Right. But you're going to manage your state so that what you're saying out of your mouth is always positive. So again, it becomes an, an instant habit. And then number three is really having that true belief. Like really believing, like people are like, ah, I want to be the best hockey player and I want to make the NHL. How, do you really believe that? What is it that you're doing? What or is are the you action? Just saying it? Are you yeah. just saying it? And yeah. then what are you doing every day? Because I always say to people, you need to put 10,000 hours into being the best that you can be. How many have you put in so far? Yeah. Okay, well, start going because you got a long road. Yeah. So it's working. It's just working. People don't understand. It takes work and work and work. Everybody looks at the glory of Greco and what it's what's happened in this sale, but man, I could tell you stories that'll make you cry and it'll make you discouraged and it won't make you go into business. Like selling my car at 17 that I worked my ass off. But then guess what? The reward is that I got my dream car at 22. Uh, and you know, um, delaying not the gratification. Not being able yeah. to pay rent for three months. My business partner sold, sold, uh, sold this Harley Davidson. See, people don't look at the sacrifice after right. sacrifice with a little bit they of enthusiasm. They just want to see the shiny things. Everybody wants you, to see the, the shiny end result. You exactly. Know? They think they're just going to wake up. Exactly. It also speaks to the, like, uh, the entitlement that a lot of people uh, kind of feel. And, you know, it's, it's not to speak negative about people, but just this. You know, a lot of people feel like they're entitled to, you know what, 
I like business. I like training. I like martial arts and stuff. I'm going to be the next Tony Gray. How, how am yeah. I going to do that? Well, if I'm not doing the things that you're doing, making the sacrifices that you made, it's going to be pretty fucking tough. It is. Yeah. It is. And that, you know what? And I, and I mean, part of it is again, now upbringing, like being a parent, having two daughters is like, you know, we had no choice when, when we came to Canada. Cause it was like, Hey, listen, you know, we're, we're living in a small home and it's like, we're not rich. And yeah you know, we're poor. So you either sink or you rise. Mm -hmm. So you had no choice, but to get out there and work your ass off and make a better living for yourself, knowing that your parents that don't speak the language sacrificed and came to a new country. Yeah. That's pretty tough. Yeah. So people are like, well, you know, you think you have a bad, like look how bad this situation is. But the thing is you make the best out of that worst situation. Yeah. The, the issue is now is that you said it, you know, a lot of these the young generation, they feel that they can just get things like that. They don't have to work for it, but it's not that easy. And part of it is because we're stuck because, you know, you've worked so hard. Now you want to share this progress with others. So, you know, if you, if you were brought up in a house that was really small and now you're buying a big estate home and your kids are, are being brought up in that, what incentive is, is that going to do? Now, some people might look at it the, uh, the other way and say, I think you think my parents have a big house. I'm gonna get even a bigger house. Mm. You hope that that's what they want. Yeah. But are they really truly ready? And are they prepared to fail? They prepared. Are they prepared to get their you know face knocked down and yeah. and face punched, their jaw broken and their ribs broken? Yeah. Like are they prepared for the pain? It, it all comes back to the accepting failure. Exactly. I love that. And so I think one of the main themes of everything you've been discussing so far really boils down to self-awareness because you seem to have a high level of self-awareness. You, you really do know what you're doing. And, you know, even in the moment when, you know, you might not know that selling your car or, or not paying rent is going to work out, you have that self-awareness and you had that belief. So that's super powerful. Uh, you mentioned meditation. Do you meditate? How, how do you practice uh, mindfulness? Yeah, kind of I, well, uh, it's, it's actually been pretty easy. And I think the the more you do it, you know, the better it is. And I was, I remember back, you know, in the early days, people were like meditation and everybody thought, you know, you close your eyes and you chant home or you just, but it's like, no, I'm like meditation is just taking that moment to, to take, you know, deep breaths. And I think the first thing in the morning, my meditation is really simple. It's 10 deep breaths and being grateful and rewarding myself that I'm alive. Because I always tell people, look, tomorrow morning, 200,000 people are on their last breath. Damn. You're still breathing. Don't think it's hard. And erase all the tension. I know it's it's tough. People are like, that's tough. It's tough. But if you constantly feed the brain, again, it, it's an exercise you're going to get really good at. If you want to be good at punching and you punch every day, your punch is going to be better. Well, if you want to get your muscle in tune, you work your biceps in the gym, you work your legs in the gym, work your friggin' mind. Take the time to take that moment to yourself. 10 deep breaths if you want to start, where you start to relax deep down from the diaphragm. It'll probably take you like maybe four or five minutes. Yeah. You know, say a little message to yourself on how grateful you are because you're alive and you're like, look at, you know, you're, you could kick ass and yeah. get out there and make things happen. And that way, everything else is good. So yeah. when you, when you encounter someone, those, those people that have a, you know, a reasoning for everything, right? Those reasoning people, oh, my back or this, uh, you know what? You, you know, you're grateful because 
you are alive and yeah. you don't have issues and and that's really important so and keeping things in perspective yeah too. so i mean yeah. deep breathing for me works because it's yeah. easy yeah. um i know people that get really deep into the yeah the state but i think the breathing is the most important thing and it's easy for me but yeah. i want to get into it so much more um because i want to let my subconscious mind take over the conscious mind and really get deep into it because wow. i want to feel it it's not that deep, guys. <laughs> Had to throw that in there. Had to throw that in there. Um, that's that's amazing. It's something I'm personally working on. The meditation is. I struggle with it. I try to do the deep breathing, and I might do two or three minutes, and then I let all the thoughts come in and distract me. It's it's something I'm working on. So here's a tip. Yeah. Use a visual movie in your mind. Okay. Um, like. A prime example is, you know how people have a hard time sleeping? Yeah. So visualize like when you went on vacation mm -hmm. and, you know, you're lying on the beach. This blissful. It, yeah. And then you're just like, you know, you, you feel the ocean. So you're like, as you breathe in, you're thinking that that water's coming into like shore and then you're exhaling and you're like, okay. oh, and then every time you go in and out, you just connect with your body where it's like, you know, you feel your shoulders dropping, your, yeah. you know, then your fingers expanding. And it's like, you just and and, you, and it's going to be releases, attention yeah. release. Now it's going to be yeah. hard because your mind's going to drip, but yeah. bring it back to center. I love that. And the more and more you do, and it's just one scenario. I mean, because yeah, yeah. everybody relaxes on a beach. That's why when you go away, as soon as you get off that airplane, you're so relaxed, and it's like, mm. what changed? We just brought you from here to here, you know. And everything is like because <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, in the yeah. moment, you really feel it and see it. That's so powerful, yeah. man. I love that. Uh, I'm going to try to apply that for sure. Let's switch gears to nutrition a bit. Uh, okay. I hope you have time. We, let's cover that a yeah, little bit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, because that's, you know, as we know, a very big component of your body composition is is how you feed your body. And uh, so talk to us about your, like, nutritional regimen. Uh, you know, are you counting calories? Are you low carb? Are you, what does Tony Greco <laughs> eat? Yeah, oh, I eat, I, I pretty much eat food because food is fuel. And, you know, it's, it's a great question because, and I'm glad you asked because a lot of my clients, a lot of uh, people that come to our establishment, they're always following a diet. And I always say, look, you know what? I'm going to make it really simple. Uh, I eat everything, but it's what I eat. You know, I eat, you know, five times a day. Like we just had lunch three hours. We're going to go eat again after this. But it's like the palm of your hand is going to be, you know, the portion of uh, some source of protein because your body needs that protein because right. it's branching amino acids, get into the bloodstream and it builds muscle. I call it the Lego blocks. You get more muscle, more muscle burns more fat, more muscle takes a lot more time to digest those calories because I don't want to count calories. Then my carbohydrates is going to come mostly from greens. I love vegetables. So uh, it's going to come mostly from greens. Then you put some good fats in there. You have a good balanced meal. Then, you know what, you reward yourself with a glass of wine because that's one of my favorite. Uh, on the weekend, you know, I cheat too. I have like a vanilla a cone. I love yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, it's one of my favorites. I even mentioned it in my book because I am human. But I, I've learned to balance uh, stuff because I don't want to stop my body from not getting fuel where it's like, right. you know, low carbs, high fat or high protein, low carbs or or a keto diet, or it's just, it's still a diet. It's right. like, it's like, look, you work, we work on a 24 hour clock. It's really simple. You know, we have two sources of fuel, glucose and glycogen. So they come from, you know, food sources. So you need that, but it's, again, it's what you eat. So if I said, look, drive your car to Toronto, well, chances are it'd probably take you four hours. You're probably going to stop at two, three gas stations. 
depending on what engine you have in your car. Well, our body works on a 24-hour clock. So why are we limiting our body of calories? Right. Why? Because we're trying to lose weight? But then what about, is it weight or is it fat? Like, wait, I could just starve you for a week and you'll lose a lot of weight. doesn't mean yeah. you're going to be healthy. No, so this will come all right back. Right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and that's what people have to understand. Let's say two things. Educate yourself. Food is fuel. You need it to rebuild, repair, and burn a fat right. from the foods that you're eating. But you say educate yourself. Where does someone start with this abundance of information out there, abundance of people trying to sell them on the next best diet or or this eating pattern or you know, do this, this is a proven method. or Everyone's got some opinion on it. So how do you educate yourself in a world full of noise? Well, one of the things people can do is, you know, you could be self-taught. Like I, work, I worked at a medical clinic for a while and I mean, I've listened to a lot of nutritionists and it's, it's tough because they're in that category where because they're nutritionists, everybody thinks that they're smart, right? And even doctors. But if you look at doctors, they only have two, two hours of nutrition as part of their course. I had so many doctors come and see me about meal plans. Yeah. So, you know, I believe that uh, self-educated will, will really, you know, give you... And then experiment. And see experiment. what works for you and what doesn't work yeah, for you. Yeah, because you know what? Like, I mean, you could take it one step further and i mean do food intolerance tests do like a dna yep. testing yeah there's so many resources out there right now and and i'm not trying to scare people but if you really want to get to the nitty-gritty of it everybody knows what's good and what's not yeah. good right yeah, i mean let's true. face it like i mean everybody knows sugar and sweets is garbage and yeah. you know whole foods are great people might be in denial about exactly. it exactly you know? it's oh, like i deserve you know, this or yeah i, I mean it goes, rationalizations yeah. Here and there. yeah yeah and and if you're and if you're yeah. if you're Everybody that's growing up, they always say, you know, mom, dad, eat your vegetable, eat your fruits. So there's a reason for that. So eat them, you know, and then, you know, people grow this stuff in their garden right now. And yeah. they were doing that, you know, hundreds of years ago. And it's it's doing a full circle. Yeah. But, I mean, that that's important. Eat, eat a lot of whole foods. Right. And don't limit yourself. You know, I mean, calories. I have some of my athletes eating 5,600 calories just to maintain their muscle. Jeez. And people are like, I can't eat that much. I'm like, no, they're eating that much and they're actually just maintaining. Yeah, yeah they're training so much that it kind of, yeah, and their metabolism. There's so many different, like, factors that play. Oh, so much. Role. So much. Is it true you are a plant-based uh, vegan? I did it for about five years. Okay. So I just started uh, introducing a little bit of meat. Animal and, uh, protein back in yeah, yeah, and... I, you know what, I got to admit that when I was doing it religiously, I definitely had a lot more energy. Okay. I felt great. Uh, you know, the challenge was getting a lot of the protein. Right. Um, because I could only eat so many chickpeas and, <laughs> you know, tofu. And it was like, it was just tough. Yeah. But I'll tell you, like, the feeling is amazing. Never feel felt great. bloated. Uh, felt lean, felt like a gazelle. Okay. Like your moods would even be better. More clarity. Um, I, I, I've heard more, some people have more like, you know. More clarity and more relaxed, okay. you know. And I mean, I know this might sound funny, but I know a lot of the yoga people that, you know, and now vegetarians, that's why they're kind of like, everything's really mellow. Hey, namaste. Yeah. It's like, there's no like, like there's no yeah, like. Yeah, rage. And, and, yeah. Like, yeah. And I think people that, you know, eat meat a lot. Uh-huh. Um, really tend to have that that rage. So I mean, I, I I'm I'm still pretty good. Yeah. You know what I mean. I don't. It's not like it's the first thing I look for. Yeah. I mean, if I'm in a situation where I have to. Yeah. Uh, I will, but I still prefer you know a lot of the vegetables. That's and, awesome. Like, yeah. It's um it's amazing. And the cool thing about it is that you know you could graze all day long. Like you you look at a 
a deer or a moose, like their whole percentage of body fat's like six percent. Yeah. And you could go literally to a, you know, a a, a department or a, yeah. a a store and get like, you know, bushes of of cucumbers and start eating them all day long. Right. And you're not going to be fat. How cool is that? It's crunchy. It's tasty. Yeah. It, it's 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 really cool. It's not that hard to do. Right. It just takes. It's that little transition period. If you've been eating meat your whole life, I yeah. mean, you're gonna crave it for a bit and then but then getting off it i mean i'm from an indian background yeah so, so you guys a lot of vegetables like growing up you know my mom still to this day she doesn't eat uh any meat great and, and so all the food that that she makes most of the time is vegetarian dishes yeah i'm never hungry yeah i go i, I went there for lunch Loving today your food. <laughs> and, dude i didn't have a piece of meat and it was fantastic i'm still full and i eat like you know like 11 yeah so good. I, I mean like it there's so many different ways to do it but that's what i'm talking about the variation it's just well people have to try it and yeah. experiment like i did it because i was influenced by uh uh, documentary called Earthlings. It was okay. by uh, Joaquin Phoenix. And I'll tell you, if you're listening, you want to change, you know, we looked at it as a family like, oh my gosh. And then the next day it's like, and it's great because even my kids yeah. and, you know, like their skin, I think everything's a lot better. You know, you're, I mean, you'll see. If you could try an experiment, take a picture, do it for a month, even two months, and pictures tell the story. And I'll tell you, you're going to feel pretty good. People are like, yeah. what about your strength and stuff? I'm like, my strength? My strength went up. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? That's you know, crazy. an ox doesn't eat meat. They're like, you're strong as an ox. An ox doesn't eat meat. That's, okay, that's, that, I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it says it all right there, man. Let's, uh, let's talk about your book a little bit while we still have some time here. Sure. Uh, talk to me about it. What made you, you know, on top of all the things you're already doing, write a book? I wanted to write the book for uh, one reason, and that's to, um, uplift and share the progress with others. You know, my whole goal was to be the best I can be and trying to achieve this objective and, uh, you know, going through obstacles that kind of really hinder, you know, your positive growth. And I think everybody goes through that on a regular basis. They get up, they get put down, they hit the wall. Life they happens. Get Life happens. Yeah. But, you know, I, I wrote the book so people can read it and go, wow, you know, that happened to me, and that's how I got through it. You know, there's a lot of stories in there that take you back. It's not really about me. It turns it back to you, the reader, because it's like, they'll be like, remember a time in your life where you might have had this situation, and all of a sudden you're like, you think back, and it's like, oh, wow, this is the, this is the solution to that problem. Yeah. So if you focus 90% on the solution, it's never a problem anymore. Mm -hmm. and, but it starts with the mind. So that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book is so that I can really share that progress with others and hopefully uplift somebody's spirit to make a different change in their life. Where and then can I've done people my find this? You could go to Amazon. You can go to strongmindleanbody.com okay. and now uh, order it. Uh, you can go to my website, tonygrecotg.com and order it. And um, yeah, I mean, I always say, you know, when people need a little bit of uplifting, it's just another self-help book yep. that I use fitness and my life experience to uplift somebody's dream. That's fantastic. I think uh, some people are definitely going to gain value from that for sure. Um, you know, before we end off here, like I, I wanted to ask you if you've got any advice for aspiring personal trainers or, or those aspiring to pursue the fitness industry as a career path, what, what have you got to say to them? And, you know, you were mentioning a new style of training uh, before this yep. podcast. I don't know if you want to share. Yeah, but, no, I yeah, can yeah. share for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, one of the things that I can, I can share, cause I work with a lot of personal trainers and I think personal trainers are great. Cause I don't think there's anyone that wants any of their clients to fail mm. uh, because it's it's a reflection of their work, really. But what I think can improve is um, 
the mind because people are usually coming to see you because they can't do it themselves and they need the motivation and they need the inspiration and they need to always kind of change a negative to a positive. Right. So, um, you know, and that, and that takes just experience. It takes understanding your client. So it also makes you different because some people don't do that. So personal training really never ends, you know, because they're, they're, they're like, the client is, it looks at you as, you know, the mentor, the doctor, yeah. the psychiatrist. Like the, you become that after a yeah. certain amount of days and weeks yeah, of working true. with them. They so, unload on you. Yeah, yeah, they unload. Yeah, yeah. And you, you have yeah. to absorb that. And I think some people can take it, some people can't. Right. So if you're that person that can take it, you can do a lot better than the person that can't take it. Interesting. The other thing is that, um, you know, if you educate people, that's another thing that trainers, I feel just from what I see in the industry is, they don't educate. They're like, yeah, well, we're going to do squat and you're going to bend your knees 90 degrees and, not and, tell them why. and squat and not tell them why. And then, mm-hmm. and then ask them, how do you feel? Do you, are you feeling on the left side? And part of that is because a lot of trainers don't do it themselves. Mm-hmm. I never address an exercise to my clients or my athletes that I can't do or haven't done Okay. because I want to feel it first. So one of the things that I did is uh, I started to follow, follow this guy, Kyle Dees, and this guy, Ben Peterson, who is the uh, fitness director of the Philadelphia Flyers, because I work with Claude Giroux, the yes, captain. Yep. And this guy wrote a book, Tri-Phase Training. He's a doctor. And he was uh, explaining to me some of the stuff. I'm like, wow. He goes, well, you do it. I go, what do you mean I do it? He's like, all trainers do it. Because they, they all have their clients doing uh, you know, eccentric movements, isometric movements, and concentric movements. The problem is, is that most people are always in the concentric phase. So what I tell people is that picture you buying a, a vehicle that's a five-cylinder supercharged and you're always using just first and second gear. You're never using the other gears. Like, why not? Because you haven't been exposed to that. So when you take a, a client and you put them through three phases of training, you start with the eccentric, which is the slow tempo down. So what that does is if you're doing a squat, you would take five seconds to go down and then you'd explode up. What you're doing uh, through that phase is that you're doing a few things. Number one is you're remodeling the muscle tissue. You're also creating an immune system response because your brain's low and holy cow, Tony, be careful. This is going to be like, you're almost pulling your muscle. So the, the white blood cell count goes up. The head of that muscle is tensing more and then you're rebuilding and you're almost tearing it. But here's the best. After two weeks of that, guess what happens? Now it's more dense. Mm-hmm. So now what we're going to do is we're going to start the movement on the bottom because we're going to get into the isometric phase. So the squat, you would start at 90 degrees, hold it for three seconds, then push it up mm-hmm. because because the muscle is more dense during the first week, you could resist it. So they say, if you could stop it, you could push it. So let's say you're coming at me and I'm like knocking myself over. Chances are I'm not going to be able to push you as fast. But if you're coming at me and I completely stop you, chances are I'm going to push you faster. Mm-hmm. So when you do this, in the concentric phase, now that muscle is more dense. In the short contraction of the isophase, it, it's become more dense. It can push more. You could deliver more force and power out of an athlete. Now, you don't have to be an athlete. That's the cool thing about this. Yeah. You could just be a person that's training. Yeah, and you can apply it to anything. A bicep anything. curl, yeah, anything, any kind of exercise any, where you're doing any, any kind exercise, of exercise, any program, wow. you can apply to it. And that's why I say to people, look, don't. 
don't think it's my theory. Let's measure the results. So yeah. if you're with your trainer and your trainer has you doing this, ask them, what are we measuring? Are we measuring strength? Okay, I'll tell you what. Let's do your philosophy for two weeks. Then let's do this philosophy for two weeks. If we see that the client is making tremendous gains, then the proof is in the pudding. I had my athletes test June 8th on the hex bar squat. Uh, I'll give you this, their test. 332, one rep max. 393, one rep max. 320, one rep max. 319, one rep max. Okay. We test those same clients August 31st. The 393, one rep max, 570. That was Claude Giroux. I have it on video. Jeez. You can actually see it on the NHL website. That's um, another guy, Ben Hutton, who's a player placed for the Los Angeles Kings, 540. Ty Fellhaber, 500. Jason Ackerson, 540. These guys are the ones who were 319, 325, 393. That's listing since, up a whole nother me. <laughs> since June 8th. So, so when I see these kind of you know, measurements, it's like, look, it, it, it's, it's not my theory. It's like, this is it. Yeah. This is what we're measuring. Wow. You know, the amount of force and power that you generate from an athlete. So imagine applying that force and energy to an everyday average person who wants to be in shape. They're going to be like running faster, focusing more, a hard, lot harder to knock off their feet if they're playing any recreational sports, whatever it is. So I'm really fascinated with this stuff. And uh, I, I, that's kind of the way I train everybody. I get 80% of their one rep max. I start with a lot of compound movements to get their pillar strength. I do these uh, six weeks. 10-week phases, depending on how long they need. Then I add the functional power. So what I'll do is I'll mix that with French contrast. I don't know if you're familiar with that. No, I'm not. So it's by a French scientist, uh, Giles Gometti. He tested how athletes and you know animals move really quickly. So it'll be like, let's say you do squats at 80% of your one rep max. I get you to do five reps. Then automatically I get you to do, I get you to grab a pair of dumbbells and do like jump squats, but only 30% of your one rep max. Then I get you to the assisted jump squats. So you're getting that muscle to work with the nervous system so it reacts really quickly. Jeez. So everything is a jump. Boom, explosive. And you see a lot of that in Greco workouts as well. That's similar. Similar stuff in the method. Obviously not as personalized. And, right. You know, uh, but that's that's intense. I like that a lot. I think people are going to get a lot of value from that. Um, this has been amazing, man. What's next for Tony Greco? <laughs> well, next is going to be um, I'm going to really expand the hockey culture because uh, I've been getting a lot of scouts and GMs that are recognizing the hard work. They're seeing the players on the ice uh, get better faster and it's a real high to take that that client that's like kind of on the bottom to be in the NHL and chase their dream and what I want to do is I want to tie in the motivational speaking with some life coaching right because I just don't want to be the guy on stage motivating I also want to be the guy in the trenches still feeling it right so I want that balance of the the yin and the yang. Yeah. Uh, because I think that's what people encounter in their everyday life on a regular basis. But then how do you find time to balance all this, man? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you get this question a lot, yeah. but the people need to know because I'm just just sitting here talking with you. Your brain's firing on all cylinders. You want to, you know, I bet you wish you had like 10 clones of you to do even more things. How do you balance it all, man? Well, you know, you got to stay focused and you got to uh, have fun mm. uh, because see, going to work for me is not really a job. Like, I, I look forward to it. Uh, you know, I hang out with the guys. We have a coffee. We have a smoothie after. Like, it's 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 fun. Yeah. Uh, it's rewarding. I mean, I always tell people, even if I won $60 million tomorrow, I'd still really be doing it because I think 
that's truly what I love to do. Yeah. And then uplift people is the other one. So it becomes an easy transition for me. And, you know, I, I always say do one or two things and do them well, and you'll be really good at it. I think if you do more than that, uh, then you're scattering yourself all over the place because no matter who you are or what you do, I mean, there's only so much you can do, and you're, you're, you're totally right, right? Because yeah. you, need, you need a little bit of balance. Love it. Uh, this has been an amazing podcast. Before I let you go, I do something with all my guests at the end called the lightning round. Basically, just rapid fire questions. I'm going to ask you five. Don't You don't have to rush to answer okay. or anything, but uh, let's, let's just go for it. Okay. Let's just dive right in. So, um, What's your favorite piece of exercise equipment? Uh, would be the hex bar squat bar. Hex bar. Oh, I love that thing. Yeah. It's like open. And yeah. like for people who don't know, it's just a better way to... It's- better way to do squats because less pressure on the spine yeah it loads the legs so it's mostly glutes and hips yeah. and our a-frame is deadlifts that. right not squats that's right or both 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 okay how yeah. do you do a squat with so that? you squat down you have the handles okay, on the just, side okay you just basically it, it would be like having a, a dumbbells to the side almost exactly simulating that movement. yeah okay yeah and, and that's course, safer for people it's, why it's safer because what it does is it, it brings your hips down you have no choice because you're hanging onto that bar right and what it does is aligns your spine so it's almost like a, a dummy proof exercise that when you're lifting you know it keeps your core engaged you're just basically standing up with it love it yeah so it's less less of a chance of injuring yourself than the actual back squat i think it takes technique when you're doing the back squat love it um who motivates you you spoke about tony robbins before but who motivates you who who is it that like you know inspires you <laughs> well i um i mean there's a few people that uh, inspire me i've I like athletes. I mean, Michael Jordan was a big inspiration mentor, Wayne Gretzky, mm-hmm. and now my actual client, Claude Giroux, yeah. because um, it, it's just his mindset. I can't describe it. Like, this guy hates to fail. He will go through anything, and for a guy that's done what he's done, the I mean, his skill is one thing, but his mind yeah. is the reason why he's actually there. And you've been working with him on 14 a years. Level. 14 years. Yeah. That's, that's insane. Yeah. That's a it's amazing what... what it's amazing what this guy has done. It that really goes is. way beyond training. Way, way beyond. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Uh, describe your go-to cheat meal. Uh, go-to cheat meal uh, would be either like a Chinese food or um, a Bottega panini. Love <laughs> Mortatella. it. Mortatella. Love it. That's awesome. Yeah, you are Italian <laughs> after right. all, right? You're not just going to Mortatella give that. with provolone cheese <laughs> once a month or once a week. There you go. There you go. Love it. Um, what is the worst advice you hear out there that people are giving young people? Oh, oh, don't do that. You can't do it. Well, you got to be careful because that is impossible. It's like, man, that's so bad. You know what I mean? Like, what about just say, Hey, you happy doing that? Go for it. Yeah, that's great. Even if, even if in your own mind, you think that it's not right. Why would you stop somebody else's, uh, you know, wish or dream? Like, it's it's I, I don't like those words can't or you know all that kind of stuff <laughs> love it man you just radiate positivity I love that I'm so motivated right now <laughs> last and final question on the podcast today um, what is the best piece of business advice you have ever gotten um, the best piece of business is that uh, that I ever got is that you know what have a the passion a go on passion don't just do things because you want to do it and I'll never forget that. It's like, you know what? If you have a passion for whatever you do, I remember a good, uh, a good uh, friend of mine, my buddy Todd, he said, you know what? If you had a passion of selling hot dogs at a corner 
uh, with a hot dog stand and you really believe that those hot dogs and that was your passion, you're going to probably do well. So have a passion for what it is that you want to do and you're just going to be that much further. And that's what this podcast is all about, man. Talking to people such as yourself who are pursuing their passions. I love it so much. Uh, just remember, guys, it's not that deep. Tony, where can people find you? Websites? Uh, yeah, they can go to my Instagram, yeah. Tony Greco TG. My website is TonyGrecoTG.com. And Twitter's Tony Greco TG. Awesome. Yeah. So now that my new nickname is TG. TG. <laughs> Love it. All right, guys. It's not that deep. Thank you so much, Tony. Thank you. Have a good one. I really enjoyed that podcast with Tony. He brought such an amazing energy. He had so much to talk about. And uh, I'm really motivated right now. And I hope you are motivated to subscribe to my podcast on all platforms, including YouTube, uh, contributing to my Patreon page, or just hitting me up. Let's start a dialogue. It's not that deep.